0: Hello, I'm Ines.
1: And I'm Andrew.
0: And we're PhD students at the Chemistry Department.
1: Um, Our research is focused on the strange mechanical properties of substances.
0: A mechanical property is the response of the material uh, to any external stimuli such as changes in temperature or pressure.
1: We look at responses that are very strange um, in materials Um, and are these actually useful for anything? Um, So they are interesting because they're unusual and they break all of the rules, but they might also be able to allow us to develop um, new technologies that could be used in the electronic components or um, new sensing technology, um, all sorts of applications, composite materials, etc. So we've been talking about unusual responses, but what's a normal response of a material?
0: So if I take this balloon, which everyone's familiar with the balloon, and I'm going to uh, squash it in one direction and you'll see that it expands in the perpendicular direction. And it does this to conserve its volume. And this is a normal response you'd expect.
1: Um, however, if we look at um, this structure, so we have something that's kind of similar to a balloon, but not really. Um, but when we squeeze it in one direction, it actually collapses in every other direction. Um, And this isn't possibly what we might expect, but when we look at this, we can see that the structure of this, this structure is very different to the structure of the balloon. Um, Because it's built up of these hinges and these linkers, um, so an engineer has designed this structure um, to have this response by designing where the hinges are and how they're connected um, to give this volume decrease as we squeeze it in one direction.
0: Can we build this sort of unusual response on the atomic scale and actually we can uh, using framework chemistry so this is an example of a framework structure and it's composed of um, metal nodes here and they're linked together via organic molecules so we can choose the metal nodes Um, there's a large variety of metals we can use and um, There's also a very large number of um, organic molecules we can use. By choosing different metals and organic ligands, uh, organic molecules, we can build um, very different structures. Um, Here, in this example, the metal is coordinating to six organic molecules, but we might choose uh, a metal which coordinates to four and by doing this we change the conductivity and the structure of your framework.
1: So why might we want to use this type of chemistry? So the first reason is that we have control over the metal um, atom that we use and what kind of bonding arrangement it prefers, so tetrahedral or octahedral. Um, But also we can use short linkers or long linkers, and this gives rise to um, unusual flexibility in the structure. So here we have these eight metals and short linkers but here we have a longer linker um, which might just be a bigger organic molecule and when we use that we can see that the f- structure flexes a lot more than the previous example when it's actually quite rigid
0: uh, so these uh, framework structures uh, can be uh, easily made uh, you basically need a source of metals and um, organic molecule, and we can do this within solution chemistry, so dissolving the metal salt and the organic molecule in water, for example. And as we mix the two together, uh, the framework structure forms instantaneously, so it, uh, it crashes out of solution. Um, if we want to make uh, single crystals of these uh, frameworks, we have to do this using slow diffusion, so we use a setup called a H cell, and we simply put the metal salt in one side and the organic molecule in the other. And as we fill this with the water, um, slow diffusion can occur and the reactants will meet and hopefully uh, grow single crystals in this way. Uh, so this is an example of a single crystal. Um, it's not to scale for the ones we want to grow.
1: Um, so So, this is a crystal of quartz that has been found in the Earth's crust Um, and obviously it's much larger than the crystals that we make in the lab. And the reason it's so much larger is that it's had many hundreds of thousands of years to form and it's also been formed under very high temperatures and high pressures. Um, We can try and recreate these conditions in the lab also when we make our framework materials. Um, by using um, this type of apparatus which is a hydrothermal bomb so we again dissolve source of metal and a source of organic linker in solution we put them in this um so inside this vessel inside this metal chamber um, we then seal it up with a very hefty lid um, and we seal it and we heat it to quite a high temperature and when we heat it the solvent um, evaporates and it creates a very high pressure vacuum uh, high pressure inside and then we slowly cool it over days or weeks to try and form single crystals that are large enough for the experiments that we want to do
0: okay so once you've made all these single crystals you want to check um, that what you've made is what you think you've made uh, so we use uh, x-ray crystallography to do this so um, you get your s- smaller crystal than this but um, and place it in the X-ray diffractometer. We use X-rays to shine in through the crystal and these X-rays will interfere and interact with the crystal to give uh, diffraction patterns. Uh, by analysing the patterns it can also give us the dimensions of the crystal.
1: So once we have determined the structure of the material um, we want to check its response under different stimuli so we mentioned at the start that we want to change the temperature or the pressure Um, that the material is experiencing. And we can do this on the diffractometer and record how the structure is changing um, as we change the temperature or the pressure. We can mount a pressure cell on the diffractometer to change the pressure that the sample is experiencing. The pressure cell is essentially a very small volume, a little hole that we put our sample into and then some fluid, and it has two diamonds that we bring together um, to increase the pressure. Um, the reason that we use a fluid is that we want the pressure to be the same the whole way around the crystal. So it's like going into, if you do deep-sea diving, going down in the ocean, you experience the same pressure all around you and that's why we use a fluid. Um, and this is called hydrostatic pressure.
0: Right, so now I'm just going to introduce um, one of these materials that shows very strange Properties. So, this material is called hex- silver hexacyano cobaltate, and it's this white powder in this vial here. Uh, so, it's made up of cobalt centres which are octahedrally coordinated to cyanide silver cyanide linkages. And here, the cyanide is not—it's uh, not as toxic as free cyanide. It's coordinated, so it's uh, a lot safer than the toxic stuff. The mechanism of this um, changes in structure as you heat it up. It shows a giant response along the horizontal axis where it expands, whereas along the vertical, you, s- you notice that the framework actually shrinks in that direction as we heat it up. So this model can be uh, thought of as our framework with the cobalt centers along these hinge points and our organic ligands, cyanide, silver cyanide, along this uh, rod here. And what makes this material expand in this direction instead of in this way is because uh, along the linkers we have silver silver interactions. And these are very weak interactions. So as you heat the material up, these are the interactions that are going to deform most. So as these deform and expand, this forces the framework to expand like this and consequently one of the axis will shrink considerably. This is very unusual.
1: The response that we've just been talking about is called negative thermal expansion and it's increasingly found in a range of framework materials. So my interest is in the pressure response of these materials and actually the um, framework lattice type that we have. So the essential hinging and linkages um, act in a similar way under pressure as they do under temperature. Um, And just as we expect a material to expand when we heat it up, we also expect it to shrink in every direction when we place it under pressure that is all around the sample. Um, And actually these framework materials, just as they act very strangely under changes in temperature, also um, behave very strangely under pressure. Um, and the mechanism is very similar. So we still have these very weak interactions between two silver atoms within the structure. So it um, compresses most rapidly along the weakest interactions, which are the silver-silver interactions, and because of the framework topology, the type of linkages we have, it forces the material to expand in a perpendicular direction under increasing pressure. This is similar to NTE, but it's called negative linear compressibility.
0: So much of modern technology relies on advanced materials, from computer chips to touch screens.
1: By working out how to break the rules, we're hoping to design materials with properties that we could have never imagined before.